Folks, welcome to our fourth Druid Talks webcast. Today's topic is Fast IT, a new industry trend for 2023. In a world where everything is in fast forward, we explore how fast IT can help businesses operate conveniently, efficiently, and in a cost-effective manner with the guest of the fourth episode of Druid Talks, Barga Moyed. Barga is an entrepreneur and advisor to company founders, a venture partner at White Star Capital, a hyper-generalist, and a keen supporter of the latest technologies. And today we're going to cover a range of technologies, going to help us understand a little bit more what is fast IT and who needs it, what and which are considered fast IT technologies, the benefits and the shortcomings, if any, of implementing fast IT in your organization, the place of conversational AI, which I think, Barg, you quoted in your article, Fast IT, is part of the dawn of this new technology disruption. We can't but talk about ChatGPT and its fit amongst fast IT technologies. And then, of course, for businesses, we're going to look at the short, the medium and the long term to do plan to benefit from fast IT. Barga, welcome to our fourth Druid Talks webcast. Thank you so much for coming today. Thank you for having me. If we kick in, Varga, the very first question uh, what is fast IT as you defined it in your excellent Medium article? And that's medium.com. Are we looking at an old concept or is this something a little bit more recent? Well, the first of all, why did I uh, call it fast IT? It, it's, it? it struck me as an analogy with fast fashion. If you think of fast fashion, what is fast fashion in reality? It's a fashion that uh, changes often or something that is produced very fast every six months or 12 months. It is something that is cost competitive. It is something that is actually relatively pleasant to use. Usually they're quite fashionable, the latest design. And finally, it, it's a piece that you have in your wardrobe that you might not use forever. It's not a timeless piece. Now, if we make the parallel with the world of uh, IT and information systems, we realize that uh, organizations need fast IT. They need something, an IT that is indeed fast to develop and deploy, that is cost effective, that is easy to use, therefore, uh, you know, uh, pleasant, pleasant, therefore easy to use, uh, I guess that's what I meant to say. And then, indeed, that might not be something that a company might be using for decades, but probably just for months, a couple of months. So that's the parallel that what Feist IT is. And I think it is actually a, a truly a new category of enterprise software, a new, you know, and that is underlined by several technologies that we will talk about later. Well, if we jump into that, let's move straight to that, if you don't mind. Uh, what technologies are part of fast IT because fast fashion you know it's something we dispose of we throw away it's not meant to be long term and not meant to be valuable so are we suggesting these fast IT technologies follow that same mold or that same trend yes in a way I, I'm not afraid of saying that there is even there a certain parallel uh, in reality there are many things you know the, the business world is evolving very fast uh, again, business plan, I mean, you know, most companies no longer do five-year strategic plan unless you're in the utility, you know, things that require very heavy investments. And, and, and business cycles and innovation have become shorter. As a result, uh, 
you know, digitization needs, particularly digitization need on, uh, I would say, back office processes or 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 non-core in, in the sense of all the support services processes, and in companies who are in the service industry on all of their processes, such as the you know banking and insurance, that these processes they change on or they need to change on average every 18 months or so, believe it or not. So therefore, they need to be digitized super fast. And it's okay if, if they're revisited six months, 12 months, eight months later. So th there are host of workflows and processes that are not going to stay the same for decades. So there is no need to be building things that take a year to build because by the time you build it, uh, user requirements have already changed. So yes, they are also have, they can have a short shelf life and that's okay. It, it, it actually exists in companies. I know a lot of traditional IT directors haven't reali realized it yet or don't want to see it, but it's a reality. Well, you mentioned a moment ago that, that fast IT is needed. And now you've mentioned uh, chief technology officer or, or, or CTOs CIO. or CIOs. CIO. Or CIOs. Uh, who does need fast IT? Because in the article as well, you mentioned that the business is co-producers. So is it just the technology departments that need fast IT? And those are the people who will use it. Is it the business? Is it everyone? You know, I think it's everywhere, but let me uh, step back a moment and say, indeed, why is fast IT needed today? Uh, let's look at the landscape of companies. You know, companies have been digitizing for decades. I know we talk about digitization. It's a very trendy word. But in reality, you know, they started digitizing uh, to a certain extent since the mini computer or, you know, so in, in the 50s. And there are several waves of information technology. And as a result, if you look at the large organization today, if you look at the landscape of their information system, uh, you know, 30 years ago, uh, you would have few, you know, dozens of applications and few databases. Fast forward today, you have hundreds of, you know, thousands of applications and hundreds of databases. So, and they had been traditionally uh, digitizing uh, according to function. So they started with you know, uh, I mean, I don't know if they started, but they did the back, uh, back office functions with ERPs, front office with CRM. Then they deployed things in the supply chain. And, and, they, and it was logical. Today, because of digitally native companies that uh, this incumbent company have as, as a competitors, and because of the speed in which uh, things evolve, they need actually to be digitizing according to workflows that goes from production, whatever that production is, to the customer experience. And they are faced with legacy system and multiple databases. So they come not just like digitally native companies scrap everything and go out of business for a couple of years until they build something that is according to workforce. So they need to work with what they have and need to respond fast. A 2020 art, um, uh, study from McKinsey shows that fast companies outperform their peers uh, by 2.5 times more. So part of being a fast company also means to be able to digitize quickly according to the ever-changing demands of your customer and providing a customer experience that looks like a digitally native company. So what do you do if you're a CIO? You have to connect legacy system and legacy databases 
to be able to digitize according to a workflow. So for that, uh, you 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 know you have APIs, uh, and, and and I'm not going to get into detail because I want to answer what's within fast IT. But therefore, but you need to do it fast, so it has to be cost effective. So therefore, you need the technology again that deploys fast, that develops fast. It has to be cost effective because IT companies, you know, there is a real uh, problem with talent. There are not enough IT professionals. So you cannot deploy your precious IT professional to be digitizing things that seems as they're going to have only 12, 18 months shelf life. That's not your priority because you're still working on the highways of the big infrastructure. And that's what you worry about. And it's not cost effective. So therefore, you need that now the user, the business uh, technologist, I call them, or the citizen developer, they become co-producer of these needs. So you need a tool that is easy to use so that it allows other people not just to be consumers of it, but to be a co-producers uh, uh, of IT. So we can see that there are multiple trends that have come together to make fast IT a requirement today. Uh, business is going faster. There is legacy systems. You need to be cost effective and you don't have enough IT talent. So all of these has their fundamental trends that make the necessity for a new category of tools that I call soft, uh, fast IT, that is a necessity for organizations uh, across the world. And I'm almost going to say, even though I made my example with very large organization, but across the board, actually. That's interesting because, again, I think we've seen recently with ChatGPT and other technologies like that, that before people thought automation and intelligent tooling and fast IT was very much for white uh, blue-collar tasks, administrative, clerical. In your article, you said, with the emergence of fast IT, there is now a set of technologies that can match the speed and agility of human intelligence, but on steroids. That's quite a statement and may shock a lot of people who previously, Barga, thought their intelligent jobs were very much protected. Why did you say that particular phrase can match human intelligence on steroids? Because, you know, if you look at uh, traditional, again, IT, uh, uh, let's take it again in ERP system. The, the ERP system imposes its logic on people. It says, this is how we built the software. Therefore, you need to adapt your, your processes to our, and it's very rigid, and you do it a certain way. And in fact, uh, people realize that that's why fast IT is needed, that people create many other things that are not according to plan because it changes a lot. And that is where we thought for the longest time it was the preview of humans because only humans had the agility uh, and, and, and in the intelligence to be able to constantly adapt to changing needs. Now, when we look at the technologies that constitute fast IT, and, and let, let me spell them out a bit now, these are basically things that can use legacy systems and databases to create to connect applications that exist or to build net new application using existing databases. So these are RPA, APIs, the large categories of low-code uh, uh, development, and they're all infused 
with AI. And that's kind of the intelligent part. When you have AI, you can now automate even processes that have decision points who are not only rule-based. Because for instance, a robot can, in at a decision point, can call upon a, an algorithm to know what path to take. Let's take, for instance, the uh, claims in an insurance company. A robot can put together all the data required for the claim and it, you know, taps into different databases, who are the parties to the claim, uh, what kind of policy the person had, what are the circumstances of the claim. And instead of giving that to a claim officer, feeds that data into the algorithm. The algorithm provides an answer with a confidence interval. And by the way, human's confidence interval is 97.5 or 98. In other words, humans make 2.5% mistake usually in their decisions. So if it comes back with 98% uh, confidence you should pay, the robot continues. Now, what have we done? We've done something that is as agile and, 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 and has used existing databases, existing application to basically digitize an entire process like several humans would have done. It would have been some humans to enter the data, uh, to collect the data, another human, the claim officer, to make the decision, and another human in the accounting department to wire, let's say, uh, the money to the insurer. So all of these now have been done with this uh, uh, collection of automation uh, without, uh, and that is why, why do I say it on steroid? Because obviously in terms of productivity and the speed at which it works, it is much faster than human. It, it's not error prone. And so it is. The, you still have the agility of humans because it works with existing databases and legacy systems with the way we do business, with a workflow the way it is. And it can handle exceptions, by the way, because if the AI comes back and says, uh, yes, please, uh, 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 you can pay, but only with 80% uh, confidence interval, then you can give it to a human, which can make a decision. By the way, the decision is refed into the algorithm, which makes the algorithm better. And then let's talk about uh, conversational uh, AI. You can even make it easier in the sense that some of the input and the backput that you have, you don't even have to be typing anymore. You can do it or, or you can be typing, but you don't have to um, have an interface of use that is a software interface, but use human language, which is the way we express ourselves the best. Uh, is is conversational AI a fast IT technology? It is a component of it because, again, when I when I describe fast IT, one thing that was important was pleasant to use, therefore easy to use, therefore co-production, therefore easy to adopt. So, conversation it's still the easiest way that humans provide input. Uh, and, and make decisions. So therefore, yes, it is definitely uh, contributing to the family of fast IT because it's a it's a key component of the pleasant and easy to use. Therefore, also then cost competitive to 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 deploy. Imagine since you were talking about uh, chat the GPT. I don't know if you want to talk about it, but yeah, I, I have a question for you as well, yes. Margaret. Would you place ChatGPT amongst the fast IT technologies that you mentioned earlier on? And yeah, not? absolutely. ChatGPT is, 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 is an enabler 
uh, it's an amazing step forward in, in natural language processing. And, and uh, so it is an enabler. You actually saw that ChatGPT has allows even to do uh, OpenAI Codex, which is basically an ability now to AI to develop on its own uh, a code. So imagine for a minute, uh, and then we are at the beginning, you know, uh, ChatGPT is part of what we call uh, foundational foundation AI, which is models, which is a new category of models that can, we're basically moving from the artisanal stage of AI to the industrial stage of AI. Uh, four years ago, uh, a, a model with 110 million parameters like BERT of, of Google was considered a wow. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, GPT-3, on which uh, chat GPT is, uh, is based, is 175 billion parameters. And, 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 and the next one is going to be GPT-4, they're announcing 100 trillion parameters, and will probably be in two years at 500 trillion parameters. So, just, so that allows you to have these models that you can then move, and that's what they have done. They moved it from conversation to codex, to image, and, and it's kind of, and then you just have to tweak them. Anyway, I don't want to get too technical. Uh, so imagine now with Codex, and why this chat GDPT, which Codex is just a branch of it in a way, uh, it can actually code. So imagine you're a user. That, that, then we're moving up from fast IT to ultra fast IT. You're a user, and you would say to a software robot, observe what I'm doing which RPA can already do today with task mining and, 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 and process mining, observe what I'm doing and automate it. So, and you can say it in language, observe what I'm doing now, start, finish, automate it. And then it, you, you already have, you know, again, the observe is already done, computer vision, which is the underlying of, of RPA. And then automate is basically developing the script and it can auto-develop its script, automation script. So now we we don't we start even fast IT. It's ultra fast IT. That's <laughs> you know, in an IT department. Huh? It's a second article, I think now, which I'm looking forward to. <laughs> it, it's the one of the first things I've seen in a while, and I wrote about this recently, that I think is both exciting and scary. Uh, it's almost a seminal moment in that. ChatGPT has shown that white collar tasks can be automated. And I don't think white collar workers, they were probably living in this false space that suggested that their, their tasks were so unique and so innately wonderful that automation wasn't going to impact them. Now, I, I think we're at the start of another revolution that will show us that actually generative AI, and if there are billions and trillions of data points or calculations been involved, now we are starting to match human brain power. And it'll be interesting to see the next numbers of years unfold. Let me ask you uh, two more questions, Varg, if you don't mind. First question. There surely are benefits, as we have described, of fast IT, but there must be shortcomings as well for organizations. What are your key benefits for organizations and what are the shortcomings that you believe organizations will face and are there actual ways of addressing those shortcomings? Sure. I think the benefits, we kind of mentioned them as we were describing it. Uh, it, it allows to unburden the IT departments to be able to actually 
cost effectively uh, and fast deploy a digitization of workflow which uh, companies need dearly because it will allow them to be in this co-production mode and, and then unburden themselves it, it it allows to have very quick ROIs rather than you know again uh, uh, traditional IT uh, that was you know using years of development it, it uses agile methodologies uh, so it is cost effective it is fast and it solves the talent shortage problem and providing uh, a much faster ROI now the challenge, quite frankly, is mainly organizational uh, because it, uh, you know, uh, it, it's new. So, and you have seen, uh, especially in the case of RPA, which I was involved in uh, for several years, you see that the tools are being adopted directly by businesses, and and therefore uh, quickly comes the question of who does what. Uh, the the uh, how is the work getting organized between. Uh, business who want to develop things from their own and IT that worries about governance, security, scalability, and, 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 and technological depth and, 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 and things that can go wild and unruly. So the, the main challenge is, is an organizational one, is to decide who does what, according to which rule, what is the new role of IT uh, uh, from one of uh, doing to one of coaching and providing the overall governance. So uh, the struggles that we have seen in the early days in many organizations, they are mainly uh, uh, how to get organized around this. What kind of skill set? For instance, traditionally in IT, they only had truly IT skill set. Fast IT because it's very workflow oriented in addition to truly only IT skill set also requires uh, a skill set on process reengineering, a business analyst, and it requires that these people work together. So maybe a question of skills. How do you get organized? What is the overall governance structure? And how do you tackle security issues uh, with this new technology? Fantastic. Uh, one more question. What should companies do in the short, medium, and long term? And I'll let you pick those times, Vargas, that six, 12, 18 months to take advantage of fast IT. Well, I think step number one is to familiarize oneself with all the different technologies that are uh, composing fast IT. Uh, and the second step is to let a thousand flower bloom, which is you know not being afraid of letting a lot of users develop things on their own and familiarize themselves with these tools and let them play with it. I know this is something that really scares uh, uh, CIOs and IT department, but there will be a phase like this from which they will reap a lot of benefits. And then there is the phase of putting together, as I said, this governance model uh, on you know who does what, according to which rules, what, what systems are a no-no that you know business cannot touch, what are the things that they can do? How is the quality control done by the IT department? So these are kind of the phases. IT itself familiarizes itself uh, department with, with the tool so that it's not a mystery and they're not afraid of it. Let the tiles and flower bloom. Encourage actually training of those who are interested in the organization uh, about using these technologies. Let them, quote unquote, play with it and develop their own things. And then at the third phase to say, okay, now every you know many people have done it. We're going to start to get organized. We are going to have rules of engagement, governance rules, and we are going to clarify who does what, 
what is done only by IT, what is there is a quality control by IT, what is only quality control by peer groups, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, Barga, thank you so much. You've sold fast IT to me. If I'm getting efficiency, speed, flexibility, greater innovation, and we're getting everyone involved in rolling out technology. I, that is something that's passion in my own heart, I believe, a bit like as you've said and as McKinsey have said, faster organizations that can do these things will be a lot more efficient in the digital age than anyone else. And it doesn't guarantee their success, but they're likely to be a lot more successful than those organizations that don't. Mm -hmm.